Hello, and welcome to Real Professional, episode 10, uh, the podcast where air quotes real professionals interview non-air quotes real professionals. As always, I am Ted. Today we've got a packed cast. we got uh, Jorge Gonzalez from the uh, Who Goes There podcast here talking with us about video game movies. Then later on we got uh, Nina Bergman, who was in the most recent Doom Annihilation film. So uh, stick around and DJ, drop that sick beat. Beat drops. Alrighty, so uh, welcome guys. Not a lot going that, on. That here. was a sick beat. You know what's so funny? Uh, uh, we've recently had guests complimenting our sick beat right after it drops. They all hear it and it's just, those <laughs> tones are so, so wonderful. Uh, just check out our DJ, DJ Alex Extract Otero. You can find him on SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, so uh, we're actually a bit light in news recently. It is the holiday season, which means that all news worth newsing uh, kind of grinds to a halt we got the video game awards coming up here pretty soon but you know it's a video game awards show who gives a shit uh if jeff Keeley is listening i love your show don't don't ever stop uh but yeah so we we you know we we have this unique opportunity to interview uh an actor lady which uh i i did a lot more of that in a previous life but uh so I figured we'd, we'd all just get around and uh, talk about some video game movies, which are always good, and uh, everyone always has glowing things to say about them. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I figured, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I was thinking about who I could bring on for this, and I figured that Jorge over here, who uh, runs his own podcast, would be uh, more, than, more than happy to come talk to us. How you doing, man? Good man. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the invite onto the show. I you know I wouldn't say that I know a lot about video game movies, but I know a lot about video games and movies. So maybe you know there's an intersection there uh, in the middle. <laughs> well, so we'll like, see how we'll see how we do. There's a fair amount of horror movies specifically based on horror games. Yep, there is. I mean, and and uh, I mean. If you want to go, you know, base level, you, you you were you guys were just talking about it, like even Doom from 2005 is it's kind of a disaster, but it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So I think you've uh, spilled the beans a little early here, which is that uh, video game movies tend to be a disaster. I'm looking at the list right now. Postal only made one hundred forty six thousand dollars. Yeah, well, it's an Uva Bull film, so the more yeah. he loses, the more money he makes. Um, so same with Far Cry. Uh, also Uwe Boll. Yeah. So, okay. so funny Funny story, uh, the Uwe Boll House of the Dead movie mm-hmm. is the only movie in my entire life that I have walked out of. Really? Um, yeah. I, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was like, what, 2003, I want to say? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was with my girlfriend at the time, and we got about two-thirds of the way in. I was like, nah, I gotta, this is not, this is, gotta go. This is bad. You made it two of the thirds way through that before you walked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so, I, you know, there's a scene in that movie where they're running through the forest, and you can actually see the the ramps that they use to do these, like, crazy jumps. <laughs> and I go, okay, I'm out. That, that, that's too much. That, that was too much for me. That was my experience with uh, whatever the Transformers movie was, where there's um, Anthony Hopkins and dinosaurs. Oh, uh, the last night. Yeah, I uh, couldn't yes. even get to the dinosaur part because it was so unbelievably bad. Well, like <laughs> House of the Dead is bad in ways that films, even bad films, should not be bad in. Like, there's a scene where they're walking towards the camera and shooting, and it pulls out enough that you can actually see the track, like the dolly track. 
Nice. And it's like, that's like shit you should not have in a final movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's Uwe Boll, man. I mean, that guy just does whatever he wants. I mean, and that's the, he's kind of, he's like the most infamous of all video game movie directors for obvious reasons, but like also because his, his like reputation is that he made bad movies intentionally to make money off of some weird German tax code. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it, it's a he 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 would get kickbacks from the from creating a movie. So he just said, "Screw it, that's what I'm gonna do." Yeah, so he just made the cheapest movie possible. Yes, yeah. I guess. In but in, in more ways than one. Yeah, we all gotta eat. We all gotta eat, and I figure, and it's it's like no matter how bad, you know, the Blood Rain movie is, people that played Blood Rain are still gonna see it. I mean, you went to see House of the Dead. You gave him. I did. You fucking yeah. bastard. <laughs> well, okay, so I mean obviously obviously, you know, House of the Dead is not a good movie. Uh but it is it, it does have, you know, a certain amount of enjoyment. But my my question is which which of the video game adaptation movies do you think are good? That's a really good question. Um I think that the obvious answer is Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil. Mhm. <coughs> I well, I, I'd, I'd go with Max Payne because that's the one that's like actually Christ. like it. You know, not necessarily good, but at least follows the same plot. Uh, Resident Evil, like, eventually it's just getting absolutely bananas. has nothing to do with the, the series. Resident Evil gets better as it gets more bananas. Exactly, in my yeah. So I, I, I like it, but at some point yeah, that... it's its own thing. <laughs> That last one was something else, man. I I, uh, I I couldn't quite believe what they were doing on screen with that last one. Is that the one with the simulations? Like all the cities are being simulated? I do believe that's correct. Yeah. I don't know if they made another one after that. I think that was Resident Evil End Times or whatever. But the the one for me, the one for me that always that, that always seems to I, I can it's rewatchable to sort of an infinite factor is Mortal Kombat. And oh, yeah. I'm ta- I'm ta- I'm talking the first one. Yeah, no. Well, no one's talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay. Oh, come on. That one's not. That one's not bad either. It was terrible. <laughs> I'd say that Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat film, is is like. Uh, well, it's a '90s movie, right? That came out in the '90s. Yeah, it's uh, 90, 94, 95, if I, if I was to guess. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a perfect distillation of that era of like cheesy kind of action movies. Video games hadn't found their own yet, really, as a medium beyond arcades. Well, I mean, they, they, there were non-arcade games, but, you know, it was still very arcade-y. And the movie was like a pretty... I mean, it's, you're, you're making a fucking Mortal Kombat movie, you know? You're not writing Shakespeare. Hell yeah, they are. And they just made the fuck out of a Mortal Kombat movie. They sure did, man. They, they and, and 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 fucking Goro is just a treat in that film. I mean, his uh, <laughs> he's just goroing his ass all over the screen. It's <laughs> it's um, it's unbelievable. I think I'd like to make a uh, correction. <laughs> the the best video game movie is Street Fighter, just because of <laughs> Bison. Just the best. First of all, I forget what the Raul Julia was. dude. Yeah, well, that was his last role. I think he died. Immediately after Street Fighter, yeah, as soon as they that rocked. movie, that movie fucking killed him. Yeah, <laughs> but he was just so incredible in that movie. Everything else, garbage, dark shit. Well, yeah, John Claude was... Van Damme's Guile. Yeah, he, no, he's just playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the funny thing is, is that John Claude Van Damme can't put on an American accent. Like he can't. 
do it because he, he's too action man. And they had him playing Guile, who is so American, he has an American flag tattooed on his bicep. Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think it's weird because, like, um, we were, we've I've been having conversations about with people about like why video game movies are so bad. And one of the, the, the obvious answers is, you know, the translation of the medium, um, you know, you, the movie version of the book is always going to be different than the book. And I'm not going to say better or worse, but the movie version of a video. Different. Game is, yeah. We haven't really figured out how to translate the feeling of a game over to the feeling of a movie yet. And um, also the source material like games haven't gotten to a narratively come well they are now but for a long time they weren't at a place where the narrative complexity could match that of a of a, right. film or a book you know? well i mean i i i would i would think you know a, a game that has a narrative strong enough to be a movie is already a movie like right. you know what i mean it's just basically a long form movie if you're talking about uh, a a game that has any sort of you know, character development and and narrative strong points, then why don't you just play the game instead of making a movie about it? Yeah, like if you want to make a Metal Gear Solid movie, why don't you just play Metal Gear Solid? Right. Or watch all the cutscenes back to back. I don't know. There's people that cut that on YouTube, and I think that's a pretty interesting subgenre. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I think that we are getting to a point, though, where games are more replicate. Movies are better able to replicate the feel of the game. And I think that... It, 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 our expectations, though, have been so lowered by... I mean, maybe Uwe Boll's a genius. Like, maybe we need to all thank him for lowering our expectations mm. enough that we can mm. appreciate newer video game movies. I mean, he's he's truly a visionary. He changed well, the world kind of like how Mao did. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, what's really interesting is you, you, take, a, you take a movie like, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers, and the the things that they the the sort of liberties they took with the video game art so to speak or it's kind of mind boggling you know the yeah. the goombas turn into these fucking dinosaur looking things and yoshi was just a dinosaur and king yeah. koopa was a was was a dude with white dreads or white cornrows and i'm like what is what is this what are we doing he had the and... most extreme of frosted tips <laughs> to the point where his whole head was frosted tips is what they went with. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, all, all, he was just frosted tips. And, you know, the, they had the, D, the de-evolution machine and all this garbage. And you just, you know, you just wonder there, you know, there's not much content from Mario Brothers to pull to a movie. So they're just like, well, there's this fungus and there's New York and uh, I don't know what else to do. And okay, yeah, there's eggs and there's you know, it's wild. And the whole thing is the king. And who, who what? What are you? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, the the what you have as the source material for Mario is plumbers, mushrooms as the power, Yoshi's Koopas, and a big dinosaur bad guy. And they just went to the farthest logical extreme that you can with <laughs> any of those ad, those elements. Added them together. And, like, the movie itself is, like, very bad, but it, it is, like, super enjoyable because of the level of crazy that they went to. And honestly, I think that's the only way they could have done that. There was no way we were getting a good Mario movie because of the source material, but at least we have a memorable Mario movie. Yeah, I... I, only work I, I if you view them as a lens of extremely post, post-modern art. <laughs> <laughs> really, really post-art. Yeah. yeah. Jorge, you were saying something there? 
No, I, I was just, you know, I was just saying, I mean, it, what's what's interesting about these films, for the most part, is that while they are bad, and, and I, you know, I would say, let's, let's call it 90% of these video game movies, they're largely not good in terms of films, like, you know, film films, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I, I think there's a certain there's a certain charm to most of them. Like, how many Resident Evil movies are there? Ten, six. eight, or ten? I think there's okay. six, or maybe seven. Whatever, however many there is, dude. I, and I have and I have sat my ass in the theater for every single one of them, and sort of unapologetically enjoyed them. And and it's I, you know, I say the same thing about the Alien versus Predator movies. I, I I love those movies even with them being terrible. Yeah, I think that's what's fun about them. I mean, they're yeah, they're goofy like. That Jason, uh, Jason, that uh, Gyllenhaal, uh, Prince of Persia movie, mm-hmm. it's not a good movie, but I mean, it's 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 just fun. Like I don't know, Prince of Persia is actually one of those. When people say name a good video game movie, I'm like, oh, Prince of Persia was pretty good, and it's it's not like you know. But then again, they're not making Citizen Kane here; they're making a Prince of Persia movie, and it was it was pretty decent. It's I fun. agree. It's a fun movie, <clears throat> and it's like, I, and I think that um, the Warcraft movie is a very similar example. I mean, the people really wanted the Warcraft movie to be something it wasn't, which is they wanted it to be like the super dramatic, serious film. But like, there's a part <clears throat> in the Warcraft movie where they're riding their horses through Goldshire, and you see, <laughs> and it yeah. looks it looks like Goldshire from World of Warcraft. It's super cartoony, and you see this little Murloc go, and then like dash under a bridge, and I'm like, that's what I want from a Warcraft movie. I want silly Murlocs. I want these giant orcs. I want the. I want it to be incredibly cartoony and goofy and people were like oh it wasn't serious enough i'm like it's a warcraft movie the name of the title is warcraft it's not like (laughs) like what are you expecting one of your one of your characters literally says zug zug halfway you know (laughs) the entire time you're playing the game i mean come on now yeah i think that um and i think it's it's a good example though of a game that suffers from its source material because the the main character, the main orc guy, I don't even fucking remember the character's name in the movie, but you know, the, the, the narrative complexity of Warcraft didn't really start until Warcraft 3. I mean, there was, there was a story to Warcraft, and all, all the nerds are going to be like, fuck you, Warcraft had a great story. It's about like orcs <laughs> that come to... Like, none of the story is conveyed in the game. In the game, you're like right-clicking, and then your, your, your trolls are like throwing their axes, and your ogres, and the enemy dies, and like, no one, you're not paying attention. But Warcraft 3 like, introduced a new level of cinematic storytelling, and people were kind of like expecting that seriousness in the Warcraft movie, and it's like, no, this is a movie about like, you know, orcs that suck souls. Like, it's so, it just should be goofy. Yeah, I mean that 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 is a movie that suffered that that well suffers from, you know, people expecting it to be super serious and you know not very tongue in cheek. But the I mean the 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 Warcraft games they're they're really silly, you know, mm-hmm. and to expect it to have been sort of this thematic and and uh, and brilliant film is kind of goofy to begin with. I, it's you know, not Lord just, of the Rings. What? And I mean, to be fair, Lord of the Rings is kind of a silly movie too. I mean, yeah. you know, I, you know, it's like The Hobbit. Warcraft is more like <laughs> The Hobbit. The movies, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, my metaphor is super convoluted now. <laughs> those, but, those, those Hobbit movies, man! Holy shit! You know, I actually really like the first Hobbit movie um, because I felt it was it was like we're going on an adventure with these these goofy dwarves and we're learning the powers of friendship. And I was like, I like this. 
And then the, the, the second two where they tried to go way grimdark with it. Highly recommend yeah. everybody look up the video of uh, Benadryl Cumberbatch um, pretending, like, acting. Wait, what, what, what was that? Uh, whatever his name, Beauregard. Did you Cumber- say? Did you say Benadryl Cumberbatch? Something like that, Beauregard Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, I love it. Just doing his uh, acting as uh, Smaug, where he's like crawling on all fours in the. Uh, oh yeah, the mocap the, stuff. The mocap suit. That itself, if they released it in theaters, would be. Way better than the actual movie. I would recommend watching the video of Sir Ian McKellen having a breakdown on set in front of the green oh, no, screen, that crying. One's, that one's really sad. Saying this is not why I got it, why I started acting. This that is not why. No, I th- this this video tragic. exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like really because <laughs> he's just in a green room looking at like literally uh, actors' faces printed on paper plates to represent where they're gonna be. Because he's the only, he's the regular sized one, and everybody else they have to be shrunken down. It's like uh, in BoJack Horseman when they're making the Secretariat movie, and it's becoming something else, yeah. and uh, they have to like it's just like a tennis ball on a string. That like is actually how they do it. Yeah, honestly, that's rough. Yeah. Did did, did any of did did either of you guys watch this uh, Detective Pikachu movie? No, uh, I did. Why? No, I was just wondering because I I was gonna take my kid to go see it, but. He seemed uninterested in the Pokemon thing, and I just wanted to know if it was any good because, it, I mean, from from all accounts, it seemed to be pretty good. Why? What is he? Is your kid a fucking jock or something? <laughs> yeah, he's some Chad idiot. Fucking Chad! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Make him watch some no, Pikachu he, shit. Nah, he's just he's you know uh, I don't know what it is about my kids specifically, but they they don't really like to sit through movies like entire films. So, you know, and I'm not I'm not one of those force my kids to watch movies kind of parents. Uh, but anywho, uh, I'll probably show it to him later. But w- was it any good? Oh, it's super cute. It's a very cute movie. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, with a Pokemon movie, what are you expecting? The, the, the plot is good enough for what it is. It's about but, a Pikachu and he can talk. Yeah, it's about a Pikachu mm-hmm. that can talk and it's very cute. And the plot is, is pretty decent. You know, it has a good plot twist here and there. People try to analyze it like it's like, oh, well, I saw the plot twist coming. I'm like, yeah, man, you're watching a movie made for kids. Did you also, like, predict that in Zootopia, like, this thing would happen? And it's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. All the furry controversy in Zootopia. And you know what? I kind of love that. Like, I really, I love the fact, the, the idea that these, like, the, the theater is 80% children and 20% weirdos masturbating. Because, like, that is... <laughs> Furries need representation, too. But that's just kind of like art in practice, you know? It's like you're never exactly sure who your audience is going to be and you can't control it. And so, like, you know, you, you have this brand, like, uh, what was Zootopia? Pixar, right? It wasn't Disney. Yeah, uh, no, it's, that's a DreamWorks, uh, DreamWorks joint. Whatever. It's all the same. But it's you, one of you those. have these animation companies that are appealing to kids and you just accidentally awaken this, this widespread fetish. And all of a sudden, your theaters are full of, of weirdos in fursuits. And your hey, kid- hey, hey, don't don't kink shame Ted. I'm not kink shaming. However, you want to get off, get off. I'm you just saying that uh, they are they are weirdos. But uh, it's like you, you have this theater full of these these hooting masturbators. And uh, dressing up in a donkey <laughs> costume to jerk off with a group of people is not is nothing but natural. <laughs> right, right. God intended.
I mean, honestly, if God didn't want us to jerk off to foxes, he wouldn't have made them so hot. Oh, shit. Well, so, you know, to, to, to piggyback on that, I, you know, we, uh, on, the, on the Who Goes There show, we've, we've had a couple conversations about who the, who the hottest Disney princess is. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm going to let y'all in a little bit. And I, I've always said that I thought Nala was pretty, was pretty good looking in terms yeah. of. Which one is sexiest? She? She's the lion from she's, the Lion King. The oh, lion. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, well you know, if if we're talking any princess, she's technically a princess. So you know, yeah, that's true. She is the Lion Queen princess. Mm. You have to be a princess to be a queen, I guess. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, um, I think that uh, getting back to the the topic at hand here, which is is uh, video game movies. <laughs> You know, Disney has made a whole career off of, uh, you know, bottling nostalgia and then rehashing it over and over again. So you'd think that, like, video games, the fact that a lot of us, like, had were raised on video games, had video games as a kid, there'd be more of a market to, like, bottle and, like, repackage that nostalgia. But we haven't seen video game movies explode yet. I mean, they, they, there are, like, slight bursts of them that come through when, you know, like, why is there an Assassin's Creed movie? Because yeah. there needs to be. But we haven't seen, like, really that studio that makes good ones yet, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I'm pretty hopeful. I, I'm pretty hopeful. It's not a movie, but the, uh, the Witcher series on Netflix looks to, be, uh, looks to be pretty decent. I have watched it. Yeah, the whole thing? I watched the first episode at a screening in L.A. Are, are you allowed to talk about it? Uh, let me think for a second. When's this episode coming out? I can't talk about it until the 20th, so just to be safe, I will say that... Uh, okay, here's how I'll put it. Some of the dialogue around the show has been that it is better than Game of Thrones. I would say that that is vastly hyperbolic. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. Um, I will say, though, and they would be happy for me to say this, the fight scenes are really fucking good. And Henry Cavill, I... as a like, visual representation of the Witcher fighting style, is insanely good at it. That that's kind of what that's kind of what my thinking was that I don't think they meant that the show itself was better than Game of Thrones, but I think they were saying that the fight scenes were sort of you know kind of you know more more technical than the Game of Thrones style fights. Well, if you watch season one of Game of Thrones, most of the fight scenes are people kneeling in front of a log and getting beheaded. So, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite fight scene was when the kid's running away from the guy and he just rides up with a horse and slices his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Which time? The that first time or the second badass. time? That was so badass. But yeah, the Witcher, the Witcher show. I think so. I think that actually, it, it, since this is you know trying to get more serious in the conversation again, I think that actually television is like a better medium for video games and movies are because you don't have to like package this entire story into two hours. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about how most syndicated television shows work or not even syndicated, but you know, seasonal television shows work. They always have like a flashback episode and that's just to fill time. But like a side quest episode would be like a, would fit well into the world of television. I mean, yeah, it does. You gotta have, um, going back to my childhood, uh, Avatar, the last airbender was fantastic, uh, because it had enough time to not only focus on the plot, but also to have little, you know, side, Plots. There's literally an episode where everybody's just on vacation. Yeah, just yeah, on yeah. the beach. The Legend of Korra, the sequel, is a lot worse because they had half as many episodes, and so a lot of these episodes, there's stuff like, "Oh my God, the king's been kidnapped. Where is he? Oh, there he is." Mm -hmm. And it's like that's not very 
suspenseful yeah. when, the, when yeah. you answer the problem immediately. Well, you know why that is, though, is because it's it, Avatar is 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 kind of an anime. It's an American anime, but it's an anime. And if you look at um, Japan, like when we're talking about video game movies not being good and not being as ubiquitous, we're specifically talking about the Western market because in Japan, there's really no separation between the anime, the manga, the game. Like every every anime has a game and a movie, an OVA and a manga series, and they all add different elements to it. Like you can play the Attack on Titan game and it'll tell a piece of the story that either hasn't come out in the manga yet or is like a side story to the manga. Or, but it's just like, it's so ubiquitous over there that in a way that it really isn't in the States. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a good, that is a good point. I think we're, you know, we're strictly talking about uh, American video game, uh, or American cinema when it comes to video games, because yeah, uh, your, your, your point is well taken that everything shares a common thread when it comes to anime and manga and, and the video games and all that. So yeah, it, it's, this is truly, this is truly an American problem. Yeah. And we can't talk about the Japanese stuff because we would never fucking end. And then someone would get really pissed off when I say I don't like Corpse Party or something like that. Actually, I did like Corpse Party when I say I don't like uh, Tokyo Ghoul and then, like a million angry comments. Wow. Like, fucking how dare That's I. A, never watched That's it. That's bold, Ted. <laughs> I'm just a revolutionary like that. I'm going to call anime out. I'm, I'm going to be wow. the only person on the internet that calls things bad. Anime? The first one. Canceled. Canceled. Miyazaki was right. Anime is a mistake. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do think, but I, I think that that is interesting, though, is that, uh, you know, the film industry in, in America is, is far more, there's a far longer lineage to it than there is to the video game industry, obviously. But uh, also, like, the modern film industry in America, you can, draw, you can pull its roots back to the classic films, whereas uh, in, in Japan, the there's this this weird period of time where you just can't there's no culture for a while and it's who what what happened it's yeah, so there's weird. a weird period of time where all the film they found had these weird little dots appearing in the uh in yeah. the screen yeah it was like it's like something it was like a fire or something and all the film got burned something i don't know like there's like this uh <laughs> cultural period where they weren't making uh new movies anyways um but a lot of japanese media especially modern japanese media it was kind of like uh, there was a after World War II. There was this big shift in what media was being created and portrayed, and um, it was like this this new genesis of uh, artistic expression. And so their film slash manga slash animation industry doesn't have as long of a cultural lineage specifically to Japan. Um, it does have, you can draw a lineage, but it's, it's like they have a new starting point, is what I'm trying to say. And it made it so that it was much simpler to integrate video games, uh, which also, which video games have a longer history in Japan um, in terms of their cultural significance. And so they've, they've had this more intertwined intermeshing of them. Plus, uh, when all of your main characters are uh, cat girls, it's easier to draw those <laughs> into various yeah, games than it is to cast them. Because science I, I is think... not. Hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying science has not come far enough yet to make our cat girl dreams a reality. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I think you're right, though, man. I think that I I think that the uh, the long form episodic series is is going to do video games, video game cinema or movies or whatever is going to do them more good than trying to cram 
a fucking, you know, uh, a 12-hour video game into a two-hour movie. I think, you know, and, and even something simple as, you know, The Mandalorian has proven that the the audience attention span, you know, it's not just, it's not just, like, we don't need to just see a single movie. We can, we, we can hang on for four or five episodes and not get bored. I think you're right. I think going forward, if video game... Uh, the visual medium of video games are to go forward in cinema. It's going to have to be done in a in in an episodic kind of way. Well, I mean, in, in general, we're living in a golden age of television right now, where the shows that we are seeing, thanks to streaming services, are on par or better than many of the films we're seeing. I mean, The Haunting of Hill House is a better horror movie than most horror movies. Yep, I'm talking about yep, the yep, new yep. Haunting, Haunting of Hill House uh, show, not the original. Haunting of Hill House movie, which is pretty good. And I'm definitely not talking about The Haunting, which is a terrible movie, or Return to Hill House, which is also a terrible movie. But that's closer to House of the Dead. I would say if you were to watch uh, Return to the Haunting of Hill House uh, and pretend like you're watching uh, the, the, the House of the Dead movie, it's pretty similar. Is that the one with, uh, God, uh, the first Hill House, the, the bad one? Mm-hmm. Who's in that one? Who's in that movie? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's the, the guy, Jeffrey Rush is in the first one. I think and, you're right, uh, man. That really, really, really beautiful lady that played Phoenix. What's her name? She played oh, Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. Famke Jansen? Famke Jansen, yeah. She's in, uh, she's in the, the first Hill House movie. Good lord. Yep. yep. What do you guys what do you guys think about uh the Silent Hill movie? You know, uh Silent Hill movie is really good. The it's it is an interesting thing to watch from a filmmaking and marketing standpoint because I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the first cut of that movie, they didn't have the Sean Bean story. They didn't have the the, the man in the movie at all. It was just her in Silent Hill. And they added him in to give some context to what was happening in Silent Hill, partially because they wanted to uh, be able to better explain the backstory of the the town. But also, um, and very cynically, it's because they didn't think that a female-driven action horror movie would would sell, which is kind of fucking funny. Because if they knew anything about horror, the fact that it's a female protagonist doesn't, like, that would be in line with a lot of horror movies. Yep, agreed. But uh, I think that uh, it's a, it's it's re- despite the, the the criticism I just laid upon on its door, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, it's one. Of, I mean, it's one of my. It's it's uh, you know above being just a video game movie. I think it's just a good horror movie in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from from the get go, the atmosphere that they create in Silent Hill is is pretty is pretty fucking spot on. And I think you know, I think it does. It does a really, really fantastic job showing and not uh, and and not telling you what's going on. You know, all, all the stuff with Pyramid Head and the nurses and everything. It's all really well done. Well, that's that's an interesting point because Silent Hill as a franchise is, I think, one that's easier to translate over to film because so much of Silent Hill is not in the actual beat for beat story. It's in the aesthetics and the world that it builds. I mean, the Silent Hill at its best is Silent Hill Two. Everyone remembers Silent Hill Two as being the best, and it is also the one that has the least to do with the actual story of Silent Hill. I mean, the, the, the first Silent Hill game, uh, the story is like complete garbage nonsense. It, it, it's like, 
people forget that like the original Silent Hills, the story is like actually bad. Um, but the <laughs> world it creates is super interesting. And Silent Hill 2 built off of that by uh, using the same world, but a completely different story, a completely new character, a completely different setting. And not, not setting, this, uh, but a completely new uh, framework for the setting because it kind of goes into this idea that Silent Hill is a place that's a reflection of the individual. And then Silent Hill 3 uh, goes back to the original story, but it beefs up the story and it tries to save it. And then Silent Hill 4 is the best, but no one ever agrees with me. Um, and, wow, uh, what a hot, what a hot take! I, yeah, I know that's my that's my hot take for the episode. But uh, so, but that that kind of uh, loose framework of that this this world is more about the 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 themes and the the feeling of it than it is about the actual cult or anything like that made it so that they could do a lot with Silent Hill. Um, and I almost wish they didn't have Pyramid Head in it. Um, but you know, you gotta. I mean, he is just so hot. Can't he, he is. He's. I mean, you cannot have him in the movie. I was like, um, I was talking to a, a lady that I know about Silent Hill Two, and I was like, chicks really love Silent Hill Two. It's just like a kind of universal fact that all it's it's like a game that really appeals to a female audience. And um, I was like, and she's like, I don't know if that's true. And I was like, just look up the amount of erotic. Yeah, all the daddy, all the daddy pyramid head stuff. Yeah, all the daddy pyramid head stuff. And she was like, oh my god. There's so much of it. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, Alia, uh, who's one of the, one of our co-hosts, is real big on, like, Daddy Myers and Daddy uh, Daddy Jason. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got numerous uh, art pieces of artwork in their house <laughs> uh, based around Daddy Myers. It's really funny. Oof, that is that is a, is a particular rabbit hole that I would love to dive down, but uh, <laughs> probably be too much of a tangent for this. But uh, right, um, I will say though that Silent Hill uh, Revelations is that the second one? Uh, I believe you're correct. Oh my god, that is it, that is a garbage garbage movie. Yeah, that's a shit show of a film. I think that if someone is like found guilty of connections with the Epstein case, they should be forced to sit down and watch Silent Hill Revelations three times a day for their entire sentence. That's how bad it is. It's cruel and unusual. I, I mean, the, the, when this pyramid head is fighting Sawblade Face Lady and a perfect circle is playing as the soundtrack, I was like, do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> like, what is the setting? Oh, that, 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 that's the one that was in 3D, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, daddy. Yeah. Oh boy. That, this, uh, Abu Ghraib torture. Yeah, you would I, of course you'd have to watch it in the 3D. That's how it gets most spooky. Everyone knows that all 3D movies are spookier because they go woo into your face. Fun fun fact, uh Kit Harrington and Sean Bean were in uh Silent Hill Revelation. That's right. I remember well Sean Bean's in it because he was in the first Silent Hill. Yeah, he survived the first one, uh, hilariously enough. Yeah, well, he he's he didn't get as far into the nightmare world. Doesn't he die in Revelation though? I think you're right. Yeah, he did. He didn't die in the first one, and I think he died in the second one. I mean, it's Sean Bean. He's gonna die in the movie. Yeah. You know, there's apparently something about how he won't take roles where he dies anymore because he's tired of the meme. <laughs> Why would you be tired of the meme? I, I, <laughs> you know, I feel like you should just, you know. Just really dig into it. Can you can you name a movie where Sean Bean hasn't died? I can think of one. It's called The Dark. Uh, I I mean the only other one I can think of is Silent Hills. Hills. 
Yeah, Silent Hill. What? National Treasure, Book of Shadows. Is he in National Treasure, Book of Shadows? Uh, maybe it's your he National is. Treasure. And I, I, is it Book of Shadows or Book of Secrets? I fucking don't know, man. Because I think Book of Shadows is, you're thinking of Silent Hill, Book of Shadows. What does it matter? Which was the, the DS, or the PSP, PS Vita, Silent Hill Dungeon Crawler. Again. Damn. What does it matter? There was a, there was a Silent Hill Dungeon Crawler? Yeah, don't play it. <laughs> Damn. I think it was That's Book of rough. Memories. But I, I can't remember. No, no, no. It was Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. <laughs> That's what you're thinking of when you're thinking of Book of Shadows. I'm That's what you got to understand. So, uh, by the way, uh, have you ever seen Blair Witch 2? I, I have. I, I 100% have. Good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I had to watch it when I was doing uh, uh, Blair Witch, like the review for it the game and um because i'd never seen it and good lord hey i look dude i i i uh i do not hate that movie i'm i'm kind of into it i mean okay but like i'm also into watching like videos of people getting hit by trains so like it's the same thing that is the same you know i gotta wonder uh, how do you how do you get hit by a train uh drunk you think yeah, I, I think most people that get hit by trains are drunk. So my mom grew up in the Midwest, and she has a story about one of her um, boyfriends when she was growing up that got hit by a train, and he was very drunk, and he, he got pulled out into a cornfield and had to crawl back to the street before he passed out or else he'd die. Everyone in Mid- from the Midwest has a story like this, by the way. We're all shocked being from, like, city land, but everyone in the Midwest is like, and that's how we lost, like, uh, Uncle Jimbo as he was sliding down a... Uh, on a bobsled and he, his, his neck got caught in the barbed wire and as his head stayed one place his body went another and then he got plowed into by a truck so hard that his shoes stayed put like that's every story from everyone from the Midwest has that story wow yeah uh, the takeaway is don't move to the Midwest I guess I mean Fargo's a true story so yeah Sean Bean yeah Sean Bean was in National Treasure the first one the 2004 oh. one it's a good thing that you have, yeah. we have you on Google over there, or else Jesse's claims of Sean Bean would never be verified. He doesn't die in it, though? He does not, he no. Hmm. Oh, he just gets he's always yeah. He's always one Presumably, step behind Nicolas Cage. You know, they don't say it in the movie, but in the script, he's murdered in prison by the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, Got him. he does die, but not in the movie. Yeah. Well, no, he's, 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 he commits suicide because he knows too many national secrets. Yeah. He uh, wraps uh, a bed sheet around yeah. his neck, and his, the guards aren't checking, and he leans forward super hard. Jeez. Makes a new set of toilet paper. <laughs> that's, um, that's too topical, Ted. I, I think it's perfectly topical. I don't know. I, I, I love the... I'm going to go on record saying I love the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. No, I mean, the, uh, sorry. Yeah, his the great, his greatest hits. I don't love about the Jeffrey Epstein stuff that he did. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Well, you know, you know. Uh, so, did, did, now, now, I, I, I know you probably already talked about it, but how was the new Doom movie? Have you seen it? No. Should I? Uh, how do I put this? Um, it is. <laughs> it is a movie. It is a film. Uh, I, I, I think that when we saw that there was a new Doom movie coming out, especially with how the first Doom movie was. No yeah. one's expectations were terribly high. Um, it is fun. I feel the ending was a little rushed. 
and I wasn't I couldn't really figure out who was the main character. It kind of does an alien, the first alien movie thing where you're not exactly sure who the main character is. Um, mm. Which is very, very generous of me to say, to relate anything from that movie to the original Alien, because the original Alien's a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> but um, the fight scenes are fun. Like, honestly, if you're going in and you're, it's like an Amazon Prime movie, you know? It's like one of those that you find on Amazon Prime, you watch it and you go, that was better than I expected, and that's about it. Okay. Any any Daddy Doom Marine memes that we should know about? Not yet. No, but okay, there is one fun part in the Doom movie where one of the guys does use a double barrel shotgun and his, like, you know, it has its callback to the video game. And, um, of course, there's a BFG 9000 in it. There's a chainsaw. You know, there's all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it just because it's, it's fucking Doom. It was better than the Bye Bye Man. I don't know why I'm thinking anything is anything is better than the bye bye man, Ted. <laughs> I mean, obviously, um, I, I will still uh, one of the defining moments of my journalism career was sitting down. I, I did the press junket for the bye bye man. They ended up giving me the, the wrong type of memory cards. So I was never able to like put up my video. They had these weird memory cards from like 15 years ago. I have no idea why. But uh, interviewing Carrie Ann Moss and uh, whoever the lead in the Bye Bye Man was, and being like, and him being like, it's all psychological. So I was like, so is this headier than your average January release? You know, like smarter. And she like laughed, and they had to edit it out. Oh no! Yeah. So that was. Uh, yeah. We we affectionately on the on the Who Goes There show we call it we call that movie the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. <laughs> the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. That's what they call me. <laughs> yeah um i would love to see a bye bye man video game though right you know oh my god why well because here's the thing we keep making like okay so the blair witch game recently came out and i liked it um and uh but we keep like trying to make i i have a feeling that the the video games of the next few years a lot of the film adaptations are going to be for films that they need to make something for or lose the rights to, you know, like when the most recent Hellraiser movie came out, like, don't you think they would have rather had, you know, like a four hour video game rather than Hellraiser revelations or whatever that was. Yeah. And I'm talking about the one with fat Hellraiser, not Hellraiser uh, judgment, the newest one, which was okay. Hellraiser 10. I'm talking about Hellraiser 9, um, which was, as many people know, an Ashcan film. And if you don't know what the term Ashcan film means, it's a film that was never meant to see the light of day, but you have to make a film in order to retain the rights to an intellectual property every so often. And it varies per film. But um, so, uh, but I, I think that the, the wave of the future is that we're going to see a lot of these film companies have video game licenses so they can maintain the copyright to their films. Right. And so I think that a lot of these hot IPs that they can't just because the first was so good, they can't figure out how to make a sequel to it, like the Bye Bye Man. Uh, they're not going to want to lose that IP because I think that uh, IPs, even the bad ones, like the studios still want to hold on to it. So they're going to be like, uh, let's make a Bye Bye Man game. Well, I mean, they're still, you know, and 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 a film like that, like you know, the Bye Bye Man or or hell, even the Gallows. That that sort of thing, it makes an obscene amount of money for how much you know yeah, how much the costs. budget is. So of course they're gonna they're of course they're gonna keep cranking these things out of it. You know, it, it it's 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 just a good business model. I would I would just want to press X to not think it, not say it. 
Oh, God. Um, I don't know, but I think that... Okay, now we're going in the opposite direction. We're talking about movies that we want there to be video games of. And I think there are, there, there are plenty. I think that there would be some really cool horror movies that would make good games. But the problem is, is that um, when you license these games, you have to like stay true to the, the, the intentions of the original, but you have so much more space that you can um, kind of go into yeah. these, these horror games. I was talking to um, the, the Bloober team people about Blair Witch and I was like really saying like, I really wanted to get more into, you know, you have a Blair Witch game, go a little bit, nutty with it like do something that they couldn't do in the movies like uh you know there's always this idea in the Blair Witch world especially with you know the newest Blair Witch film that manipulating of time you had those characters that ran off and they said they had been there for weeks I was like I really wish that in the video game world I could go into these different persons individual interpretations of Blair Witch because the limitation of the Blair Witch film is that as a found footage movie you're through the camera lens of one person experiencing this this horror yeah one, at game, least one at a time yeah yeah you could do it like a Call of Duty style game where you switch characters or you could do something where this character can for some reason go between worlds maybe because you have a dog the dog isn't affected the dog can bring you between the worlds who knows um, but I just thought that that would be an interesting way to do it and I, I really hope that uh, video games of tomorrow that are interpreting these films do take it in more bold, interesting directions. Yeah, I would almost, I, you know, I would almost hope that, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of filmmaking and and, and narratives and video games, I, I I would hope that at some point we do kind of take in a little bit of sort of the 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 Japanese style where the video game and the movie are sort of interchangeable with each other, like. Be, just because it's a video game doesn't mean it, it it's not a good it can't be a good movie and vice versa just because it's a movie it can't be a good video game like you know a good example of that is i don't know if you played the the mad max video game i, I had did. a great time i had a great time with that video game mm-hmm. um and you know and obviously reverse what do you mean it does doesn't it yeah um, like uh, the friday the 13th the, game filmed a movie i mean we were just talking about deadly premonition that's uh you just said filmed movie by the way I know. Film to movie. Oh, shit. Film to video game. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but we were just talking about uh, Deadly Premonition, which is Twin Peaks to... Twin Peaks the game, yeah. To video game. And... Well, the Friday, and then the Friday the 13th game you were just talking about is really good. Yep. But uh, no, no, no. Let's, let's take a step back. A, for a long time, video game movies... Sorry. Games based on movies were terrible. I mean, Jumper. Don't forget Jumper. <laughs> That's a bad game. <laughs> Don't forget who framed Roger Rabbit. Well, the game? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, this. boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, if you've... Yeah, how, how, how old are you? Jesse is 15. 14. <laughs> I was just saying, he's 23? 20-something? Yeah, so yeah. if you... I mean, if you're in your 20s, you have no fucking idea about this uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit video game. Yeah. It was on Nintendo, dude. It was... It was uh, it was basically ET for Nintendo. Ooh. Yeah, it's it was that bad. bad. I um, but I, I think that we're now at a point though where where games have come into their own. And I mean, the problem with it before is that trying to make a video game out of a movie was that video games had I mean, uh, movies had come to such a point artistically that video games just like couldn't match. So you always had these shitty video game adaptations of your best movie. 
And then, but now we were at a point where like the, the quality of video games and the quality of films are like relatively analogous. Yeah, I agree. So I, I just want to see a Bye Bye Man video game. And then, of course, we have to, Motherfucker. Before, we, before we wrap up here, we do have to talk about the, the, the bastard child of all of this, which is movies about video games. And we're going to, like, stay alive. So, like, Pixels? Pixels, Stay Alive, Wreck-It Ralph. But I, I want to talk about Stay Alive, because that's the best movie I've ever made. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Stay yeah. Alive? No. Which one's Stay Alive? What are you talking about? If you die in the game, you die in real life. What? Wait, 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 wait. What, what game movie? is this? Or it's what about, movie is this? It's called Stay Alive. You guys haven't seen Stay Alive? It's about a video no. game. You die in the game, you die in real life. So it's like Jumanji. No, because Jumanji is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay Alive is about True. a horror game that's cursed, and with the curse of Elizabeth Bathory, who is a figure in history who was a bad lady. And uh, if you die in the game, you also die in real life, and that's the plot. And so, but then you, they stop playing the game, but then the game finds ways to kill them anyways. So you got to beat the game. Ooh. How in the world have I not seen this movie? This seems like it's right up my alley. I don't know. Next episode, stay, if it goes there, you got to fucking stay alive. stay alive on there. Yeah, if you do a stay alive episode, you got to have me on because I have opinions. Holy crap. This looks great. Yeah, I, I know, right? It's, it's really bad. Uh, it's and, got Adam Goldberg in it, Sophia Bush. Oh boy! I know it's 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 it doesn't it, it's not self aware enough to really be good, and it does that like elite hacker. It's back, remember when like all the hacker movies were like hackers wear like leather jeans and they like fucking it's, like set their hair back <laughs> like the movie Hackers. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> Dude, this is a star-studded cast. It's got it's got uh, Frankie Muniz. Mm-hmm. Wendell Pierce, Vilo, Milo Ventimiglia, Sophia Bush, Adam Goldberg. My God. Yeah. Can't believe I've ever seen Stay Alive. I've not seen Stay Alive. This, the, even this poster looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that fake <laughs> video game controller on it. Yeah, and it's all bloody. <laughs> it, was actually, awesome. it actually spawned a couple of knockoff imitation movies. Uh, like, you know, those Asylum movies that have like similar covers. Yeah. Yeah, it was that popular, so I can't believe you haven't seen it. But, uh, you know, that's, a, that's, that's our audience's homework is go watch Stay Alive and leave a comment about uh, Stay Alive. So, Anyways, we need to be wrapping this up here, uh, but I wanted Jorge to get a chance to uh, talk about who goes there for a second. So uh, before we move on, you want to go ahead and uh, pitch your shit? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, if anybody, who, uh, anybody that's listening to this show uh, probably has seen who goes there uh, bouncing around the Internet. But if you haven't, uh, we're basically it's it's more of this. I mean, you know, this is uh, with this conversation we had is not unlike the Who Goes There ones. Um, but we mostly talk about horror movies and we go off on tangents about the uh, the uh, Disney princesses that we think are most attractive. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Come check it out. Uh, it's, we're we're at Dread Central. Uh, we're also at our own website, WhoGoesThere.com. Um, and we're pretty much everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook on steam right now so yeah come check us out it's pretty fun awesome thank you yeah so uh anyways thank you guys for joining us for uh the discussion portion we're gonna go ahead and have our little musical interlude and we'll be back with uh, nina bergman from uh, doom annihilation
<laughs> well, Jesse over here hasn't seen the Joker, so it'd just be you and oh, me. Okay, and so, okay, so. You, anyways, you can spoil it. I, you know, I know. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, why didn't you? You're like the only person I know that didn't see it. Uh, well, that's the thing is you live in LA where like people need to see movies to like be a, yeah. a, on top of the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Jesse over here is a Phoenix pub, so yeah, I uh, I spend all my time. I live in a moldy cardboard box, and uh, you know, I <laughs> for fun I I collect um, old avocado rinds. You know, the funny thing is, is that living in a moldy cardboard box doesn't preclude you from being in LA. So yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean. You fit right in. Yeah, but in LA, yeah. it's still twelve hundred a month to live in a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, seriously, if, if you go to Malibu, but uh, you know, uh, I'll let you stay in my little garden for free. <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty, and welcome back to Real Professional. Gosh, that sure was a great discussion that we just had, wasn't it, Jesse? Definitely, we definitely just had a discussion. Yeah, we hit on all the important points. We elucidated a lot of uh, things. And now we're here with our guest. We're here with uh, Nina Bergman, who's a actor, uh, musician, model extraordinaire that was in the most recent Doom movie. Doom, not Dune. People have been confused. Doom, D-O-O-M, as in the, the demons and the, the space marines. Uh, and she plays Private Carly Corbin. How are you doing today, Nina? I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm glad that we got you on because, uh, you know, the, the purpose of the pod, as we've been doing it, is to talk to real professionals. And um, a lot of times when people are thinking about video game jobs, they're only thinking about programmer, coder, maybe some graphic stuff. Yeah. And they don't think about the wide spread that gaming has had on the, the cultural landscape, creating job opportunities all over the place. Very true. I mean, a lot of the fans didn't even know that, uh, you know, video game characters are, are actually real people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and you really played, um, in, you were Battery in uh, Black Ops 4, correct? Yes. Okay, so I'm actually really, really curious about this in particular, because, um, you know, Black Ops 4 was a game with kind of this, it was like a versus shooter with like an ensemble cast of mm-hmm. colorful characters, like, how did it come about that they wanted to use your likeness for the character? Did they just, like, did you get called one day and they're like, one of the programmers thought that you were like Toe Tot. Let's, like, put you in the game. Like, what happened? Uh, I went to an audition with thousands of other girls. Really? Really? They auditioned for it? Yeah. Yeah. I went there with thousands of other girls. Um, I had callbacks. and They wanted to see me fight. I mean, it's like a whole thing. It's a big deal, and I had no idea what it was. Did they so make you? Yeah, I didn't know what it was. It was just told. I was just told there was some video game, mm-hmm. and then when I showed up on, you know, to actually start working on it, I was like, "This is not just some video game. This is a huge video game." Mm-hmm. And nobody would tell me what it was because it was top secret. So, so you I didn't act. What? Oh, sorry. Uh, so you say they made you fight? Did you have to like fight off other, con- you know, potential uh, voice no. actors? Was this like a gladiatorial style? Uh, <laughs> no, no. They they told us to come dress as the character. So I came like in my military boots and my army pants and stuff. And then they're like, okay, do a kick this way, do a side kick here, do a front kick here, do like give us your best combination. You know, punch, look tough, uh, you know, and then they go through all the different kind of motions of what happens and whatnot, you know, and you have to act it all out. 
I got you. Yeah. So was the reason that they wanted you to be able to act that all out because there was at some point discussion of using the like the live real actors in commercials slash TV spots? Like, why is it that they, what kind of like, when you sign up for the role, I mean, I'm sure it's more than just, okay, mm-hmm. now we're going to draw you, you know? So mm-hmm. what kind of behind the scenes, what did the behind the scenes of this look like? Well, I mean, you have a Marine, like a hardcore trained guy back there who is teaching you how to hold the gun who's teaching you how to jump in the air. And, uh, like, for the poster, I wore, like, everything that you see is real. It was, like, 65 pounds. And then they want you to, like, jump in the air, and you're, like, fighting. And, you know, they, they're making it as real as possible, and I think that's why they're so successful. I mean, it was, like, a whole training program. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, is that what you thought you'd be getting into when you signed up to, like, go to casting for this video game? Uh not at all. I mean, if I knew what I was getting into, I would have asked for more money. But uh, I didn't know. <laughs> you know I'm mean? I mean, like, you you know, I, I work as an actor, so you go to so many auditions and you forget what, you know what I mean? All of them, they're like, hey, you booked that thing. And I was like, what thing? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You show up, you don't really know what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And you sign your life away, you know? All these, you can't talk about it, you, you know, they take your phone, you can't take any pictures, you know? It's like top secret, and no one will tell you what it is. I like how we have better informational security for our fake military games than our real military has. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, they take it seriously. I mean, the guy that trained us, he was, you know, I mean, hardcore. Yeah, it it was a real deal. They took it very seriously. You know, it's a huge production. Yeah, no, I, 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 I imagine. And so what was the actual, like... Once you got the role, and once you mm-hmm. learned how to murder people IRL, like how mm-hmm. do, you, what is the the shooting process like? Like, what do you do? Uh, you know, you 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 act it all out. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're standing there, and they're telling you, and you're acting it all out, and you run around and you shoot and you jump and you scream and you yeah. <laughs> so they're capturing your your physicality for yeah, the, the character. Yeah, you're capturing everything. Yeah, and trying to make it as I think as real as, as they possibly can, you know? Yeah, but, okay, so here's one of the interesting things, is that um, movements in games, like, uh, in for certain movement styles, mm-hmm. are, are different than, like, how normal humans move. So did you have to take lessons on the actual, like, movement style that they were looking for for that character and the flow of the game? Because, I mean, Black Ops 4 is, like, a much more fluid shooter than some of the more realistic military shooters so like there's a lot of like vertical jumping and running on walls and stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering like when they were trying to capture that did they have to give you lessons on like or instructions on the specific types of movement they wanted no i mean they would tell me very specifically like everything how to you know jump how to run how to sit how to stand and then they would give me uh, scenarios you know Mm -hmm. i mean all these different kind of scenarios and you know i think the reason why i got it is because i'm trained you Mm -hmm. know Uh, i was an amateur boxer for six years i've done mixed martial arts my whole life so i and you know i've i'm you know trained guns you know shooting you know for years so i already know kind of uh you know what i mean all the basics of how to I don't know how to say it in a not nice way, not run like a girl. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, hold the gun correctly and how to uh, move with the weapon, you know, because a lot of it is weapon training. Yeah. You know, how you move with a weapon. So I already have, I've had extensive weapon, weapon training. So I think they look for people who 
have all of that, so it makes their life easier. Yeah, it's a familiarity with the harsh physicality yeah. of it. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, after a day of that, I mean, you're so sore you can't walk for three days. <laughs> no, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that actually like I, I really always love that kind of like learning about like what goes in to actually like because everyone just imagines that people in Hollywood are just like born hot, you know. Like, like the, from the outside, you just look in, you're like, ah, they're just the, these beautiful people. But you don't understand, like, the amount of actual work that, like, goes into developing the skill set required to be someone that can realistically on camera depict that level of physicality, you know? Yeah, I mean, with, with Doom in Bulgaria, I got a nerve stuck in my shoulder because uh, they normally they give you prop guns in between takes because you run around with those rifles, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes 16-hour days. And they don't even do that, you know, in the military, you know, holding it up for that long, running around, shooting demons. So my shoulder, something happened. I got a nerve stuck and I couldn't move my shoulder and they couldn't, you know, stop the shoot. uh, So they were thinking about writing me out. And then, you know, uh, finally I was like, you know, just screw it. Uh, Let's just do whatever you need to do to me. So I went and got some Bulgarian like mixed, I don't know what, that they shut up in my butt every morning <laughs> so I can move my arm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some, some hardcore stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, the physical stuff is, is tough. It's tough on your body. And, it, you know, and people don't know. It just looks like we run around in some hallways shooting some demons. And they don't know. I mean, that was six weeks of running around in hallways. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's the, I was going to say, you know, you, you really pulled off the, the being, all of your lines where you're pissed off. I was like, oh, she's really pulling that off pretty well, but it's because you had a pinched nerve and you were pissed off. I had, I had a pinched nerve, I was pissed off, and I was high on, you know, I don't take drugs, I barely even drink, uh, and I was, I was, uh, I, I was, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what they gave me, but, uh, I felt good, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah. It's a, it, but that's, that's a fun thing is that, um, it's a, it's a very like physically intense film too. Like, um, you know, that's the, I, I watched it last night and, um, like there's a lot, like, I don't think there's more than like th- three minutes that goes by in that film without someone shooting someone. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that sounds about right. I didn't time it, but yeah, the, yeah. 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 I think Tony, the director wanted to keep it, you know, close to the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, he tried to honor that. Well, and the cool thing about it is yeah. that it's mostly practical effects. I know that, like, the imps shooting fire is, yeah. like, a CGI thing, but yeah. most of the film, like, the zombies and the, the monsters are all practical effects. They were real. I mean, they came from L.A., the guys, and uh, three months before, and they built those costumes. And we had those guys, you know, climb on top of us with slime coming out of their mouth. Nice. I mean, it was great for mm-hmm. us because, you know, you don't have to act. To CGI or, a, or you know a green screen, a dot on the you know looking at a dot somewhere, you would actually have those demons chase mm-hmm. you, and they're scary. Well, that's the thing is, I was going to say that you have this kind of ex- like sliding scale of experience with um, like practical effects to CGI because yeah. like Doom Annihilation was like mostly yeah. practical effects, and then you have. Yeah. You know, uh, in the middle, you'd have some kind of like sci-fi movie similar. I mean, even the yeah. original Doom had like mostly CGI, and then you yeah. have. Call of Duty, which is literally all CGI because it's a video yeah. game. Yeah, it's all, yeah. I like the real stuff. I prefer, you know, having real demons chase me. 
Yeah, sure. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can definitely tell. Ted and I were actually just talking about this, about how, um, you know, like the Marvel movies are 100% CGI and yeah. just how ridiculous it looks when you got these people who are in like a solid green room, like pretending to be superheroes fighting each other and just <laughs> yeah. how, how ridiculous it looks. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can definitely like your brain can tell. No matter how good it looks, your brain can usually tell that it's CGI. So, I yeah. definitely appreciate that they use real people and real, real goo. Yeah, real goo. Yeah, I mean the guys were dying. The stunt team is an amazing stunt team that uh, does a lot of the stuff for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So they're like highly experienced and stuff. But those suits, I mean, they couldn't breathe. I mean, they're almost passing out. You know, after like. 20 minutes, half an hour, they had to take them off to breathe. Mm-hmm. I, you couldn't breathe in them. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. They would like lose so much water and they would start like getting fainty. <laughs> That's a pretty common thing. I think the, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, those suits weighed like 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You'd like get soup. Like they also had like big gyros and like, like animatronics in the heads. And uh-huh. when it would get so sweaty because you're wearing, you know, a, 80 pound suit uh you couldn't breathe so there's pictures of like these people like these poor people stuck (laughs) in these horrific looking suits and the uh the the, you know people are just like prying the jaws open of the teenage mutant ninja (laughs) turtles so these poor people don't suffocate (laughs) no it is i mean it's like you know they need you know, the best of the best could do that. And it's like apparently like a whole career, like a whole art form of just actors who know how to, you know, act in those suits. It's like a specialty. You can't just put anyone. I mean, you and I probably wouldn't make it. Oh, no, in definitely. like five minutes and we'll be dying. No, yeah, I, I'd make it. Thing. I'm pretty jacked, bro. Like, I'm like real oh, fit, bro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like in real good shape, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about Doom 2. Uh, I mean, I guess it's Doom 3. So maybe you can uh, come to Bulgaria and uh, show us what you got. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to be a zombie in the in the next Doom film. Like I just, I, I want to get killed by like a hot action chick, and I don't know what that says about me. It probably says way too much about me. I probably shouldn't say that on air, but anyways. You never know. You know, you never know. <laughs> I could come true. I could see you playing a cacodemon. Yeah, I can yeah. play. Just, I can play a cacodemon. Just those big round guys. Yeah, one of the big fat yeah. ones. Thanks, Jesse. Jesse's I mean, making fun of me. The only thing is, it's not as glamorous as it looks. You know, it's going to be three a.m. in the morning. You're going to be freezing, or you're going to be sweating. You're going to be tired. You have to pee, but you can't. You know, you're going to be doing the take twenty times. You know. Oh no, dude! You know? I I've been doing this for years. <laughs> like I'm, I've been doing. Uh, like I was doing correspondence for dread central for like seven years. So I know like what it takes to like be even on like a, like a non super physically intense set. Like um, midnight Texas was filmed in Albuquerque, which like you don't realize because of the elevation and it's being the desert. It can get really cold and they're doing these night shoots with their shirts off because it's a dreamy dudes show. So like they all have their shirts off of course. Yeah. And they're like, it's freaking freezing out here. And when you're that yeah. cut, you get cold very easily. Yeah, you know, body fat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so you know what it's all about, and you still want to do it, huh? Well, you know, I actually, this is this is a, a bit of a, a, of a tangent, but I actually, like, um, have been trying to push for a while now, ever since um, I, like, started trying to live a healthier lifestyle for other mm-hmm. gamers and fans, um, because there's, like, generally this this 
great divide between the physical fitness level of someone uh, mm-hmm. that's working in Hollywood, of course, because they're you're going to have to be to a standard that's far higher than the average, but also like the far below average standard of a lot of media consumption fans is the way I'll put it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I've always said that like, you know, I, I go to the gym about like two hours every day because the rest wow. of the day, well, it's because the rest of the day I'm sitting at my computer typing yeah. up articles. So like I have to, or else I lose my goddamn mind. And I remember yeah. like years and years and years of being like horribly, horribly out of shape. And um, I always like really heavily push for other people to, uh, engage in a lot of, but I always try to tell people to engage in like a lot of physical fitness. I want to, uh, yeah. make a YouTube series someday, uh, where we have like vi- workouts based on video game characters, you know? Oh, cool. So it's like, if you want to be like the master chief workout, cause he like flips warthogs, the car, he flips cars yeah, in that game. Yeah. Like you flip, you do tire flips and then you also do like cross, uh, the chest, you know, cross your chest because of the, the gun butt punch and things like that. Like Cardio things like that. You're just repeatedly yeah. like mimicking a reloading animation. Well, I was thinking like you could do like a space Marine cause they kill orcs. So you could do the, 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 the cable flies cause you're like crushing orc heads and that's a good uh-huh. way to work your chest <laughs> muscles. I, I think that's awesome. I think that would, that would, go over really well i mean i trained for doom i trained like specifically you know mm-hmm. for that like you know i trained depending on whatever character i play always you know so it'd be cool if there was a program for it i mean can you imagine if people could get batteries training program i was actually that's like i wanted to that's what i was thinking is like i should pitch oh, her see if she wants to be on nerd jack to talk about the uh the batteries training program have an episode on that or something <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I when I do that kind of stuff, I you know I go into crazy mode and I train like crazy, you know, well, and uh, and also because I'm vegan, so I need to eat like crazy, you know. That's something to, I have uh, not managed to to achieve yet is the vegan status because I well, I like well like I power lift too, so it's hard to like do that as a vegan. I know you can like don't la well, out on some me. Some of the strongest are vegan powerless. Yeah, I know some of the strongest are vegan. Yeah, yeah I get it. I understand, the but like I like meat. Yeah, just just own it. You I, know, it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with exercise. You just like meat. I just like meat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well then there it is. I know. I just yeah, I I, I care that? so much about so many things in the world and it's like adding one more thing on top of that's like so hard for me at this point. Yeah, yeah, you got to pick your battle. Exactly. Yeah, um, you know, battles. Yeah, but I would probably be down for that. I mean, so I get so many messages all the time. Like I thought about doing like something. How do you work out? You know, show us what you do every day. What do you eat in a day? You know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think people are really interested right now because they're getting health conscious. Time to do it. You know, Jesse and I were actually just talking about this before the podcast. We were looking at those like uh, big dog shirts that dads from the '80s used to wear. That was like, don't me- oh, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. And it was like fat dad T-shirts, like you know, back when like fat dad was a style. Funny. And the world is like yeah. moving away from Fat Dad. Like Fat Dad was like, uh, like I, I'm drinking my Budweiser and doing the cookout, and I have this like bulbous gut. And like, but then everyone realized that like getting diabetes when you're 50 and losing your feet and like not being able yeah. to spend the last 30 years of your life like doing like productive real, activities with your children is like bad. It was really, it was really tragic. It was a Fat Dad uh, sad fad. Yeah, the Fat Dad sad fad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's funny. But like, there's. That's awesome. But that fat dad <laughs> culture like doesn't really exist anymore outside of like pockets of the United States that are like holding on with dear life. You know, 
like I, I in most of the world's realizing that even if you don't go to the gym for two hours every day, you should like eat a salad and like go for a walk, you know? You would be surprised. I mean, I just toured the Midwest, and uh, oh, God. You, I was very surprised. You that's know, they, that's they, the heart they, of darkness for you. Stuff, you know, uh, you know, the fans, and I mean, it is macaroni and cheese, and it's like it's just fat, 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 fat. Yeah, fat. it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to eat like that though if you haven't been for a while, you know. Yeah, or if you've never been, I think that's what it is. You know, they're like, you're a vegan? What's a vegan? They'll give me, like, <laughs> grilled cheese, or they'll give me, you know, chicken sandwich, and they're like, chicken is not a is not an animal. I was like, it's a bird. And they were like, yeah, they had a very, you know, it's still, I think, we, yeah, we still have ways to go. Yeah, I am... Um... Yeah. I, but it's it's like you know you do those travel diets you know where it's like you you not necessarily like you're vegan so you'll still eat veganly yeah. but like you you eat the things you wouldn't normally in your day to day like I was in um I was traveling recently for work and I was like yeah. I'm gonna eat a dozen donuts because I'm really busy and I ate like that dozen donuts that day why would you do that What's yeah wrong with you? and I, I I slipped into a deep depression for like a week like yeah. my body was not ready I bet why and why would you do that okay. To be fair, they were the SKS donuts in LA. They're really good. They're like the croissant donuts. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, they had like buttercream. Oh, so good. I, I don't endorse it, but I can understand. Yeah. Have you heard of the <laughs> uh, the faux nuts, the vegan donuts that they have in LA? Oh, my God. Yeah, but I don't touch that because I'm a, you know, I do things full out. So if I like it, I'm, I'll, I would eat 20 of those. Too. They, they so don't, I can't start. They no longer have it, but there was a time where one of these like fancy you know bacon and caramel and you know bullshit on their donuts yeah. like one of those extreme yeah. donut shops they had mm-hmm. a hydrocodone uh donut they did yeah cough syrup <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you wanted to drink your lean but weren't thirsty you could eat it <laughs> uh definitely you know within a few months was shut down by the uh uh FDA, FDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the uh, DEA. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, super fucking gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you need to incorporate it into the gamers yeah. because you know they sit there and play those games all day long. Yeah. And, and there needs to be some yeah yeah something physical. Yeah, well, that's incorporate the th- it. that's the thing of uh, that I've like the way I started like trying to get like more in shape after I lost like probably 70 pounds over the past two years. Yeah. I was, well, that's the thing is like, you don't realize that I had like, I was constantly being crushed by like four midsize dogs. Like that was my life. Yeah. And, um, like that's, that's like what being super overweight does. And, um, like I just started by being like, okay, in between rounds of like league of legends or whatever game I'm playing, I'm just going to like start doing like 20 sit-ups and you break it down like that. And it's, it's not terribly hard, but it's just that the willpower to start doing it is, is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to get started. But now I will agree. You'll be a phenomenal demon because you know what it's like to run around with 70 pounds. Yeah. That's actually the, when you were saying that for like the, you're like, I had 75 pounds of gear on you. I was like, try living with that. Like that's rough. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was, yeah. How did you get yeah. into this like physical fitness life though? Because I, I read in your bio that you you grew up. Um, you're born in Denmark, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you grew up in, um, it's, it's said in your IMDB that like Russian gypsies, but like, I don't think that's the correct term. Uh, Roma. It's Roma. Cr- yeah. That's a well, I know I'm letting you know that that's what it yeah. says on your IMDB. I'm not making huh. this up. Yeah. Okay. I gotta go look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't even know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I will tell my team they should change it to Roma. You said that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, I think it is Roma, yeah. but I was saying that it says that on the IMDb. Um, yeah. I was yeah, like, my dad was a Russian. Uh, he, my dad was Russian, but my grandparents were gypsies. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And, like, so you you have this kind of... Because your dad's an actor, correct? Uh, my, my, my grandfather was an Ivan the Terrible. Uh, my mm-hmm. dad is a professor at the Danish Film School. So oh, I was okay. kind of born into it, yeah. Born into that film life. Yeah, born into that, yeah. And and did, where did the rest of your interests come from? The the music, the, the fitness, all this stuff, the being a vegan. Like, how did... What series of events in your life led you to being this kind of person? <laughs> well, um, I started as a ballerina when I was four. And that, uh, you know, in Denmark, and then they told me I was too clumsy and they kicked me out. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then le- that led me to, I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to be a ballerina then. And then I got into a, a school in England, a musical theater school. Mm-hmm. And then I studied there for a year. And then I went to Moscow to the Bolshoi Theater when I was 15 and became a prima ballerina. Then I went to New York to be with New York City Ballet. Uh, and then I realized that I didn't really want to do ballet. I just did it because, you know, I wanted to prove a point, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was always acting on the side. And then I uh, started boxing uh, um, to, because I was so balletty. And then I started making money. And that's how I supported myself through NYU. I went to NYU um, for acting. And, and, um, and then it was so expensive. You know, it was 30 grand a semester. And I had to work and go to college so then i started coming out to la to make money mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you know the whole vegan lifestyle i i learned early on that i love animals and i didn't want to eat my friends you know and then i started doing undercover you know i worked six years as an undercover animal rights activist and then i went into the farm you know the slaughterhouses i went into the dairy farms which are the worst in my opinion you know i started doing you know all of that stuff and then when i learned about factory farming at first hand and watching it i was like all right i'm done <laughs> you know? yeah it's pretty disturbing done. yeah it was pretty disturbing and then i was like okay i'm gonna um do what i can to raise awareness i understand if people have to eat meat and it's not going to change overnight you know but uh you know you can't shoot the animals like that and then i started learning about all the health issues you know of cancer is directly derived from processed red meat, you know? So I started learning about all this stuff, you know? And I was like, why is this not out? Like, people are not talking about it, you know? Hmm. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it, but I don't want to be one of those crazy people because I could be very easily. All this stuff that I've seen, you know, I I kind of just want to post on my social media about it and what I've seen, but I realized most people can't handle it. So I got a bubble wrap it. So I was like, I'll start with demonstrating that, you know, we like vegans are not weak. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the first myth. If you eat veggies, you're going to be this little twig that breaks, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not true. You know, the strongest animals are plant feeders, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's how the message came about. And then I think because I box, do martial arts, ride motorcycles, and I have short hair, then all of a sudden I just start booking all these kind of parts. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was, uh, yeah, I guess I was good at it, and and it fit with what I stand for. Yeah, you fit that so, kind of uh, visually. You fit that badass role pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a Meryl Streep, but then I realized, you know what? You got to use what you got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing, uh, though, right? Is that I've always found, especially when you're talking about um, people that have a a look that they're they're going for, is that no matter who you talk to, they're going to be the first one to be able to say, like, oh, I don't like this about myself. Like, you're saying you want to be a Meryl Streep, but so many women I know would look at you and say, God, I want to have, be a badass action chick like that you know yeah but you always want what you don't have yeah yeah but that's i think that's a that's a it's kind of like it's a bad thing but it's also what makes us strive to like be better you know yeah exactly like i think it's the misappropriation of that will that that really trips people up it's the i i want that i'll never have it i'm sad versus i want Mm. that let's fight to try to get it while still Mm -hmm. being happy with what i have right now oh yeah yeah, no, I'm so, as you know, I mean, being an actor in this town is, like, impossible making a living off of it, you know? Like, you know, wanting to be a rock star and an actor is, like, you know. <laughs> it's hard. You know, yeah. So, like, for me to make a living doing it, I have nothing but gratitude, you know? And I believe, you know, the more grateful you are, the more you're going to attract good things. You know, so yeah. I just try to focus on all the good stuff I have. And then I get fan mail, like... You know, from fans where they're incredible fan mail about how grateful they are, like playing battery have changed their life. They get strength from me. You know, a lot of cancer patients, a lot of people in the mm-hmm. hospital, you know, my music, my songs, how it changed the, their lives. You know, certain songs, it gives them power. You know, they feel like they're not alone. I get all of those kind of messages and then it makes it all worth it. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense, you know? Well, that's the thing is that, you know, we as older people, not not old, very old, sorry, I didn't imply that. Any <laughs> no, of us no, are no. old here. We're all very young and very <laughs> employable. Um, no. But, uh, you know, we forget that as kids, the, the icons that we see in yeah. media, like, really influence us. And, like, you, you, we as adults, like, standing here might be like, oh, Call of Duty, this and that. But we forget that, like, when a, when a teenager plays these games and sees a character that they yeah. relate with, they're like, it sticks with them, you know? It's why so yeah. many people have these strong kind of uh, emotional affinities with, with characters, you know, in the Harry Potter books or in Halo mm-hmm. or something like that. It doesn't – and you can make fun of it all you want, but, like, we all have that. You know, we all have yeah. that thing that we're like, that's why we, we try to be this person. And, um, I just, you know, I, I kind of want to know what, when you get those letters, like, mm. what's that feeling? Like, it must be surreal. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's actually what keeps me going. You know, as an actor, I would say 95 or 98% is like, no, doors closed, doors closed, doors closed, you know? Mm-hmm. So you know, I just got to remember, you know, uh, I used to print them all out. I can't anymore because I got so many, but I used to print them out and hang them up on the wall. You know, it just remind me, like, I have to keep doing this because I'm helping people, you know, and, and there are people out there that, you know, love what I'm doing, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes you get discouraged. Yeah. So there, yeah, I mean, there, you know, with music, it's, 
it's more because you get off stage and you meet people right there and you sign autographs. So it's, it's a little more, you actually get to meet your fans. And, and so you get a lot more connected where mm-hmm. I haven't had that experience with acting. But I think now that I want to do my start doing Comic Cons, maybe I'll get that as well because I just get the letters and I get the emails and I get the, you know, the fan mail. Yeah, we know, actually we talked about this in the pre-show, but we haven't had a chance yeah. to talk about it yet. You want to talk about the Comic Con thing that you're doing? Yeah, so I, I decided to start doing Comic Con, and I'm doing my first one on uh, November 22nd, and it's the Galaxy Con. Mm. And so, yeah, so I'm so I'm doing it in Louisville, Kentucky. So I'll, I'll be doing that on the 22nd of, of November, and then um, I have a new EP out. So we, on the next cons that I'll be doing, they're going to start booking me uh, at the after parties to do shows as well. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, so it's super cool, yeah. And that way I get to meet some of the fans for you know the movies so that I'm really excited about to meet in person because I've met a lot of them in person. You know, it's just, you know... Mm-hmm. fan mail and you know they send me stuff and yeah yeah so, so so i'm really excited about that and i've never been to a con before in my life huh man <laughs> so i i i do comic con san diego every year for uh yeah. like as as press like i i work it and um one of the things that people there's two things that people don't really get about working comic con and the first is that if you're working comic con you're barely on the show floor you barely sit you're in the the hotel um, there's like these conference rooms and they bring the cast in, you interview them, they bring, they take the cast out, you go to your next room where you're having a meeting. And so, you know, for me doing Comic-Con, it's like a, like a, like a five day work conference. I'm hardly leaving the, the conference rooms. Um, but they also don't realize, and I get this from actors a lot, just how fucking massive Comic-Con is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing that one next year. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll I'll show you around the fucking downtown because it trans. No, I'm serious. It transforms the entirety of downtown San Diego. It's really it's a quarter of a million people crammed into like six square blocks. It's absolute insanity. And I know that you're like listening to me say this right now, and you're like, I'm prepared. And then when you see it, you will have the (laughs) same reaction that every single other person does, which is, I was not prepared for how crazy this is. Thankfully, you you do have some preparation and that you know how to. handle a rifle and fighting off waves of zombies. So you'll be, you'll be, yeah, you'll be ready off, uh, a little demons. bit. Yeah. 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 The slot, the slobbering demons, you can definitely very analogous to the rabid nerd fans. Yeah. But then ner- I love nerd fans though. Those are my favorite and they're not like aggressive, like rock fans. They'll pull your arm and like, you know, they're aggressive mm. where uh, I'm excited to meet gamers. Because they seem like a different kind of breed, you know. They're a little more. They're smart. They're intellectual. They're nerdy. I wouldn't go yeah. that far. Yeah, I think that we have different interpretations of this because <laughs> I think you're always going to have like when you peer into the darkness of your particular fandom, like you can yeah. see the worst parts. Like for me, rock fans are like just like dudes with long hair that have jackets and with studs on them, and they're just like you know cool. They mosh sometimes. My buddy was yeah. at a concert last night. He's like, I got wheel kicked in the chest three times. It was great. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I remember that. Um, I used to listen to like metal and shit. I went to yeah. one of my first uh, concerts was Social Distortion and like. Oh, okay, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, my favorite concert still is when I saw Amona Marth, which is like a Viking metal band. <laughs> okay. Fucking great. Is he a hardcore? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm super hardcore guys, but um, no, I mean gamers as fans can be. I mean, most fans in general are lovely people. Yeah. Some of them are very weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I don't know. Just be uh, be prepared for that, prepared. and also um, bring uh, like uh, aerosol spray because the smell is overwhelming. I'm not kidding. Like, this is a stereotype, really? but yeah, it smells real bad. I mean, you take a quarter of a million people and you shove them into a convention center. It doesn't matter if it's like it can be like the 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 the, the, the convention of perfume models. It's still going to smell that bad, you know. I mean, and you've been to like Magic the Gathering tournaments. Yeah, no, those I are, those I, are, I've been to E three, all the nerd tournaments, like all the nerd conventions. It's, it's are those rough. nerds don't shower. It's not that. It's just that a lot of them are cosplaying, and as you know, if you're yeah. wearing a heavy costume, you sweat, yeah. and then like you have to take it off at some point because you can't walk around in it for like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. No, they suggested I, I wear the Call of Duty costume, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'd be pretty Absolutely heavy. Not. <laughs> I was like, how much are you paying me? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, and it's not for Call. Of, you know, it's for Doom as well. So yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, you just yeah. show up as yourself. I'm sure people. Yeah, will be, exactly. Will be fine with it. Yeah. Um, there was something else I was gonna. Oh, I remember now. Um, so you have a very like unique style, like you said, with your short hair. You got the side shave, side side shaves on the head. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm kind of wondering, and this is a question you, I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about fashion for a minute here, which is something you probably weren't expecting to talk about when you sat down for the no. <laughs> video game podcast. Um, you know, as we're, we're, we're experiencing a time right now where fashion is um, like, there's more fashion styles kind of in the forefront than ever before in uh Western history because there's just mm-hmm. so many avenues of uh, self-expression and so many, mm-hmm. like there's such a, uh, uh, like you can put up your fashion style on Instagram, YouTube, etc. Previously, most people got their styles from whatever was popular in yeah. sync. It created the frosted tips and it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we had a, a system where fashion was largely a construct of marketability. And now people are finding more avenues for self-expression and with it, um, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that a lot of media nowadays produced by YouTubers, by people that like are outside of the corporate mainstream. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so with it, you have a lot of, uh, flash in the pan, fashion fans like right now i don't know if you know this but mm-hmm. all the soundcloud rappers have face tattoos like it's just yeah. something that everyone's getting i'm a fan of uh uh Zan frank he's got a big tattoo of Anne frank on his face oh <laughs> uh, shout yeah. out to Zan frank yeah thanks jesse we need the yeah. we need more Zan frank shout outs on this podcast more soundcloud rappers um yeah but uh so what i'm saying is is that like we tend to look back on the fashions of yesteryear and be like ugh. I can't believe I was wearing those like high waisted pants and those like my yeah. mom's like I'm looking at my mom's like high school photos from the seventies and I'm like why are all of your socks like all of your pieces of clothing different colors and she's like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm I'm curious like what do you think is the future of this kind of this this self expression of fashion trends because you as someone who's kind of a little bit alt uh, yeah I think. Um... Well, I work in fashion too, you know, and, uh, you know, I, uh, the new fashion, cause the tattoos is one thing, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's everyone has tattoos and it's accepted now. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, um, you know, I used to do the La Perla and Victoria's Secret modeling and I have 
scars all over my body and it used to be a big problem, like a really big problem. You know, they would all frown upon me and, uh, and you know, where now they, it's kind of cool. It's becoming cool to have yeah. scars and it's becoming cool to kind of be yourself and be different. And I think that's where we're heading uh, in the same way with fashion. So I think people are going to find their own voice and they're going to do weird things and it's going to be accepted. So I think the fashion is going to be hopefully get to a place where it's like there is none it's just you you know Mm. like you just embrace whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah because i mean you know there's always going to be the trendsetters and and whatever but i think i mean more and more like fashion is just becoming people's own expression you know but then there's the instagram fashion where it's like you got to get whatever stuff in your lips and you gotta you know uh, you know, do 500 squats a day so you can, you know, take pictures of your butt or whatever. But I think all that is fading. Mm-hmm. I think it's going back the same in music. I think it has to go back at this point. People want real. I mean, look at the Joker, even though, you know, you guys, one of you guys didn't see it. I mean, it is so real. The acting is profound. It's going back to the core of humanity. It's like, it's going backwards now. It's, it's just all about the acting and it's all about giving Joaquin Phoenix time to explore his character and it's not fast paced at all. Yeah. It's like, I think everything is going backwards and the same in fashion. Yeah, so I think that's that's interesting that, that that's an interesting point that it's going to be more based on there's going to be no fashion in general. It's just going to be here's me, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. But for, for you know, Gaming in general is becoming yeah. far. Actually, like there's a statistic out there that for a lot of genres of games, it's more women than men now. I know that with MMOs yeah. uh, like Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft, yeah. more women play than men. So there's a lot of young girls that are going to be looking at video game characters and people as as icons of. Okay, am I going to dress like this now? So like you know what what yeah. kind of message would you have to any you know young women listeners that are you know, just trying to figure out who they are and how to express themselves in a visual style. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you know, uh, it's, I think, finding the courage to be your authentic self. That's where the fashion is, you know, being like, you know, what do I like? Going inwards instead of going outwards, you know? That's what I try to do because chasing the fashion trend is like, you're going to be miserable. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you're like, oh, I relate to whatever character. I like her style. This rings true to me. I'm going to wear this, not because it's in or not because it's whatever, just because it feels true to who I am. And I'm going to wear that because it feels good. Yeah. You know, that's where, where I'm hoping that uh, we, we're going. You know, because it's like the same, like sexy is the new strong. Like that skinny, you know, anorexic look is gone now. You mm-hmm. know, they want women to be strong and powering, you know, like, you know, I have muscles and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's changing. And I'm hoping that, you know, all these young girls that are watching the games that they find, you know, like some of the letters that I get in emails is, you know, they find strength in these characters mm-hmm. and hopefully they'll start dressing like them, but only take the pieces that they like, you know, Oh, I like a cool military. Yeah. Or I like, you know what I mean? Whatever. Well, oh, maybe I want to work out so I can feel strong too, you know? Yeah, and I hope we get to a point, you know, it's something profound that you said, which is that you have scars and that used to be a no-no and now it's okay. And now yeah. people like it because it shows like character and uniqueness. I hope we get to a point yeah. where people don't have to hide their scars, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. 
you know, if you are out there and you are someone that feels like you do have to hide your true self, you know, the, the real message here is that whatever corporate idea of what you should look like is going to fucking fade. Just be yourself because that's the only person you're going to be stuck with for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Lee told me, I toured with him for three months, and Tommy Lee told me he's like, when I first started in the business, he's like, hey, kiddo, he's like, you know, just be yourself because everyone else is taken. <laughs> They're already taken, yeah, so just be yourself. Yeah. Uh, and that really stuck with me. And yeah. then, you know, that's where the work begins to ask, well, what do I really want? Because I didn't know what I wanted, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm a little more of a tomboy. Yeah. And uh, I feel most comfortable in jeans and a tank top, you yeah. know? <laughs> and it took a little bit of time to be like, oh, maybe that's just what I want to wear at a red carpet or a birthday party or whatever, wherever one gets dressed up. And I just come in my boots and my pants, <laughs> you know, it takes courage to be you, you know? Yeah. You know, I actually wear three piece suits to like every event, like including like comic con. Yeah. Yeah. So we should like show up to like some like mid-level <laughs> event, you with your jeans and, and tank top, me with my three piece suit and just <laughs> blow the lids off of everyone. Me, me with a, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I would, you know what? I would wear a three piece man suit anytime oh dude but, and i'll wear a dress we'll do it like yeah. the what was it trey parker and matt stone went to the golden globes on acid or something where they were one of them wore a dress let's fucking do it oh really yeah 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 no I, i'll do that i just don't use i don't like to be objectified you know yeah uh being in the modeling business for so long and uh and you know i i, I just don't yeah i don't like it so well, I'm down for the three-piece suit anytime, anytime. I'm yeah, yeah, dresses. that sounds yeah. fucking great. I um, There's like a whole other conversation we can go into about the objectification <laughs> of modeling industry. You've opened up another can of worms, but I think we're kind of uh, running low on time here. So yeah. we'll have to save that conversation for uh, when we have our workout series together. We'll do we'll do a workout when I'm out of L.A. and we'll film you kicking my ass, absolutely kicking my ass and just like me being completely unable to do the shit that you have to do. And then... <laughs> No, I'll be nice. I'm nice. Oh, no, I like getting I'm my ass kicked. It's fun. Didn't you hear where I want to get killed by an action chick? That's like my, my dream, so. That's your dream? Yeah. No, okay. Well, in that case, I will, um, yeah. Just, I'll, uh, yeah, just work. <laughs> just all the, all the, all, I mean, I just like that. I can't imagine what the ab routine is, you know, like, cause I, I'm like more of a, like a bench squat kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon mm-hmm. as you have me do like anything more than like 15 reps of anything, my body shuts down. Ah, mm. <laughs> uh, so you're one of those that look really strong, but then when it comes down to it, it's all just the muscles are just for show. I mean, kind of. No, um, no, I do. Um, it's actually very, very different because I do like 45 minutes to an hour on the Stairmaster every day. Um, wow. Yeah. But uh, like I'm really bad at uh, core strength stuff is what I mean. Oh, but that we got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't it's this is a long process. Like I said, I was very <laughs> fat for a very long time. So. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. You change, you know, you change your life around, you know, congrats. I, I just think, you know, if, especially living in L.A., it's such a crazy town. you got to have a strong body because your mind will follow your body. You know, so if I don't work out and if I don't eat healthy, I start to crumble. Yeah. And, well, you know, all the no's and all the crazy people out here, you just, it starts to wear on you, you know, so you yeah. got to be physically strong to handle this, this town, at least for me. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, anyone that's thinking about moving to LA for acting and they think it's a glitz and glam and a wonderful place, it's, it's a cutthroat fucking town. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also, 
block by block, very, very dingy and dark in some places. So, <laughs> You think so? Oh, God, dude. It's like you do E3, it's at the Stable Center, and you walk down the yeah. block, and it's like... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, downtown LA, it's like you'll have one block that's like yeah. high-rises and like all these like fancy little like vegan bistros, yeah. and the next block will be like drug dealers playing dice. And I'm that's like, true. this is... Like, it's gnarly. And um, yeah. if you're not used to that, it's... Yeah. It can be shocking. And uh, there's true. also like... Tent City is a real thing in LA. There's just blocks and blocks of homeless people in some parts of town. Oh yeah. No, yeah, that's that's a real problem. Bringing back right the now. Hooverville. The Hooverville. Yeah. What's Hooverville? Uh, oh, Herbert Hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the old timey reference I didn't yeah. get because I'm young. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Nina, is there anything yeah. else you wanted to talk about before we close out? Um, I'm thinking uh, we already talked about a lot. That that I thought we were just gonna talk about video games. Yeah, no, I'm I'm wicked smart. I'm very interesting. You guys, you, you guys are pretty awesome. See, my <laughs> philosophy nerds, computer nerds. Yeah. Well, I, I've just been doing this for a long time, so I know how to take. Like, dude. So I, I always say, like, the the real way you know you've made it in the journalism industry is when you walk mm-hmm. into your first interview, having not yeah. watched the movie or seen the show, and you still nail it. Because at that point, you're just like pure <laughs> autopilot. Like, um, I had to interview, I, and this is going to be cut because I, I, I don't like to admit this, but I, I interviewed when he did uh, that show, and it was uh, it was from a beautiful, beautiful man, and, and um, who were all, like, relatively famous people, and yeah. I hadn't watched the show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right. So I'm just like coming up with these questions and I get these like really, and so I start asking questions to, to about as like he was in films, like there's pretty big yeah. titles and such. And then now he's doing a TV show and he gives me this really great thought out answer about the difference in the mental state of actors working on a TV show versus a film. Cause he's like when the film, not only are you filming, but you have the pressure of the, the, the release day and you're basically yeah. doing all this work for one weekend. And if those box office numbers don't come back good, it's all this work for nothing. With shows, you have like syndication and there's like more chances to succeed over time and it's way better on your psyche. And I'm getting great answers. And I was like, God, now I wish I'd watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's brave. I sometimes do that with script. I'll go on audition and I just didn't have time to read it you know yeah just didn't have time to read it so you just got to make choices but when you've been doing it for a while you can kind of guess well that's the thing is that when you're when you've been doing it for a long time so many of your like inflections and ability to advance questions ask Mm. questions and like come up with things are Mm. skills that you've learned over years that you can't really Mm. like explain how you know how to do it but it's like yeah like you know my like we can switch from a topic on from fashion to video games to films like to conventions pretty easily um yeah but that's just because i'm wicked good at my job i'm so smart and very interesting (laughs) you are and i'm I'm in such good shape too i'm i'm really (laughs) fantastic everyone should listen to this podcast i I know i need your confidence i need to take whatever you're taking what are you taking do you do wheatgrass shots or something i actually this is a true story (laughs) i yeah i well i i have uh this like deep like uh, I, I've been through so much shit and like just destroyed myself so thoroughly that now that I'm like my life's a little bit good, I'm like things are fucking great. <laughs> I'm not like yeah. living in my car. I'm not yeah. like you know thousands of dollars in debt. Things are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. 
Uh, let's do yeah. a, like an official uh, closeout that we can uh, okay. cut to. So give me one second. Okay. Pause for cut. All right, Nina, thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hooked. You got a new fan. <laughs> yeah, just you know, <laughs> like and subscribe because that's, uh, that's how I get paid. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, I just want to thank you so much for coming on because like I said at the beginning of this episode, video game industry has ballooned way past what you'd imagine yeah. a video game industry to be, which is the guy developing the games. And it's, it, it's influencing so many parts of the industry that it's cool to talk to someone who's gotten the chance to see it from a, like an acting professional side. Yeah. So, um, you know, where can, where can fans check out Doom Annihilation? Uh, it is on Amazon. It is on iTunes. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's anywhere that uh, you can digitally rent yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, check out Doom Annihilation. Uh, you want to pitch your band real quick? Yeah, it's Letters from the Fire, but uh, stay tuned for cons. I'll be doing shows at cons. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> check Nina out all over uh, the con circuit and uh, yeah. play her in Be Her in Call of Duty Black Ops 4. And um, yeah, you know what? Thank you just so much for joining us today. And uh, I'll definitely hit you up when I'm in town and you can kick my ass in a super baller workout. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. Alrighty, and uh, for the rest of you guys, thank you, whoever joined us for the discussion portion, which we totally shot right before this and not at a later date because scheduling is hard. And mm -hmm. uh, join us uh, next week. Um, we got, uh, I'm not sure if this is going to come out before or after the uh, Bloober Team episode, but we'll, uh, we'll, you know what, we'll find out together. That's part of the, the fun of this, this crazy ride known as the Real Professional yeah. Podcast. So uh, <laughs> thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you later. Yeah. Awesome. Bye. And then it goes Sorry. cut. So it cuts cut. after I say bye. That's kind of my thing. Okay. Oh, there's something behind me, isn't there?